the topic of today's podcast, the name of the podcast, Market Abilities, means we have many, many abilities to market whatever it is that you need, correct? Anything. Anything. Yeah. Okay. It could be an acorn. Oof. Let's pass on acorns Let's right now. Let's do, because that's really boring. I mean, just... Yeah. Do you mean the physical acorn or like acorn? There's an investment. I feel like we could do something really creative with a squirrel. (laughs) Oh, that's right. See, opening the doors. Yeah, I mean the skiing squirrel is known around the globe. (laughs) Any squirrel squirrel trainers want to get on? Get in on this? No, we don't need any squirrel trainers right now. No, maybe later when we take on the acorn. That's not a no. <laughs> when we figure out how we can yeah. make money with the acorn. When we figure out the acorn, we'll move on to squirrels. Can we, right. can we create a documentary, <laughs> like a behind-the-scenes documentary called Taking on the Acorn? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many. I mean, can you hear the crickets all of a sudden because of the acorns? Hang on. So why are we here today? Okay, listen. Um, it's, it's something we've dealt with in the TV biz forever, uh, and it's called The Cutting Room Floor. Mm. And I guess they deal with that in film as well. And it's all of that really great stuff that just because of time is lost. You know, nowadays we've got a ton of different places to put all this content. So it's better. But man, that's still, if you think of if the cutting room floor could talk, that'd be something. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, I recently cut a interview. An interview. Here he goes. He's going to brag. He's going to brag. Our good friend Tim Estilos got a very uh-huh. long interview. Well, but it was a great interview, and he's a mega star. Anson Williams of Happy Days fame. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A decade on the air. Prime time. I couldn't remember if I watched after school or prime time. Happy Days was prime time. I think I so. Know. It was big. It was big enough for John Lennon to show up on set. See, how does That's he, a big deal. he gets all that That's inside a big info? Deal. Yeah, no doubt. So, I had this this discussion with Angie. We've got fifty minutes worth of 50. gold mine content. Thanks, Tim. Wow, thanks um, for that. And the show, I, I had this analogy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can only fit like maybe nine of it. And the analogy I made was, I don't have a wheelbarrow big enough to carry all this gold out of this mine. Oh, that is what he um, said. And I go, stop uh, the presses. What? A gold so mine? So it, it was just full of stuff. And I and we're going to figure out some way to use it. Yeah. Uh, but it, a lot of it was very interesting because he has a perception of Hollywood that is very different than what I think a lot of people think when they hear the word Hollywood. Oh, sure. I have some talking points I want to go over of some stuff that he brought up that I think is so poignant and hits us hard as producers ourselves. Okay. What we're listen, we may be taking for granted here that people understand what we're talking about in the way of a show. So this is our podcast market abilities, and this is how we promote the work of Growing Media, which is a marketing ad agency here in Carbondale, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, soon to be in another part of the state. Listen, we have cameras. We'll travel anywhere, any state, any continent on the globe. Alaska. Alaska. We've been to Alaska. We've been in the middle of the Bering Sea for a, a fish company. That was that was fun. Jeez. Yeah. But anyway, we produce a TV show, a long-running TV show called The Spiel, and it's been on a Fox Midwest affiliate. But of late, we're really trying to push this thing on YouTube. Hmm. So not only the shows, you can you can just binge watch and find them all there, but we're also realizing that everyone has the attention of an 
squirrel looking for yeah. an acorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that we need to give it to them in bits and pieces, right? Yeah. And so we talked about featuring this usual spiel on entertainment with Anson Williams, brought to us by Tim Estilos, our best buddy. Taking the long form, like the unedited, are we going to call it that? But it's really not. I think we should just call it a raw or a deep raw. dive. Like, oh, a deep dive. learn like Hollywood. Yeah. Learn Anson it. Williams is. That's it. So it'll Tim be Tim calls it like yeah. a uh, brief history of Hollywood with Anson Williams, yeah. something like that. Tim called it a wow. very expensive interview because it was 50 minutes and he wanted yeah. to be paid for it all. And I'm and like, it's... really, Tim? <laughs> really? Yeah. But anyway, um, so what we wanted to do today on the spiel is take that first, you said 10 minutes was sort of like the business of, of Hollywood and being Hollywood during that era, which was a decade, right? Yes. Uh, Anson worked as a young man on the Happy Days set from 74 to 84. And he had to play a not-so-smart young man. Yeah. Remember Potsy? But (laughs) it it was a role that was lovable. Very. And he was cute. And Still is. That show had a lot of things trying to hold it back. Mm. But it, it pushed through... I, I don't know how many people know this, but there were two pilots for Happy right. Days. And rejected. the very first pilot was full rejected on the premise that there was not enough. That? I had no idea. Innovation, uh-huh. yeah. not enough quality, not enough character. It, mm-hmm. They didn't see it going anywhere. Wow. I'm sorry, Cunninghams. I mean, Richie, those were Joni. S- those were sad days. Ralph Mount. Was Ralph, did he come on when... The the other star. Of the yes, show. the other star of the show, who I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, Lucas is named after him. Yeah, Fonzie. Yes, that's good old right. good old Uncle Henry. That's yeah. it, yep. Henry Winkler. Yes, Henry that's... Winkler. Okay, so yeah, finish that story. I'm sorry about the second uh, pilot after that introduction. That was so good. So I love that. Some stuff came out after the first pilot that really changed their perspective on how they wanted to do Happy Days. Mm -hmm. The first thing was graffiti. Oh. The second thing was Grease. Grease. Right? They looked at those 50s Americana Wonderland type productions and they were like, we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. John Travolta was too expensive, I bet. Yeah. But they landed on a gold mine with Henry, another gold mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anson said they wanted... A different kind of Fonzie when they first started casting. John Travolta. Me. Uh, oh, sorry. Lucas. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they they wa- they wanted this big, lovable oaf type of character who That's did who did look the uh, the greaser part, <laughs> but you know would maybe be comedy relief, would show up every once in a while and just be this kind of a little bit of edge to the show. Mm-hmm. And then Henry Winkler walks into set, says six lines, and despite everything on the casting card, you know the description of the character. They fell in love with him immediately mm-hmm. and they cast wow. him in the role. And he was a foot shorter than what they wanted. And yeah, I I loved that. I, I just, it's what it means to be in the right place at the right time and doing the right things, I guess. And the way Anson put it was um, he made that role. Mm. Wow. Every time Henry was on set, he did something with that role that they weren't ready for. That what was the yeah. first was line though? You skipped over that. Uh, uh, he said something like, hey, he actually he, coined that, I believe, didn't he? He said something along the lines of, 
well, the way it happened, no, not quite like that. Well, the way it happened, something like that. Yeah. And, like and him, they, like him auditioning they fell in love with it. Yeah. Almost was doing like a John Wayne. Like, <laughs> he walked in, and he put, he puts his hands up, very Italian, and he immediately gets it deeper red. She's like, well, the way it happened. And they, and Anson said that the, the Gary Marshall was like, stop the presses. This is the guy. Here he wow. is. This is the guy that is going to run TV for the next 10 years. This is I the guy. Holy crap. And they, so good. they filmed the second pilot and it was, a, it was a smash hit. That's awesome. It, it just flew right off the shelf. Yeah. That's so cool. How many leather jackets did he require during the 10 years, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Well, leather lasts a while. It does. So maybe, maybe they didn't. One? If it was just the one jacket. That jacket's so expensive. Um, right and he flips and he goes, hey, you remember? You oh, yeah. Watch it. You no, I watched the show because of my last name. I had to. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm, I'm distantly related. Yeah. Yeah. So did he talk more about the, like the funding for that show? Was it an expensive show to make? Did he did he go into any of that? Or what were some of those other little gold mine pieces that you had to share with us? So he really went into Gary Marshall, the creator himself, as like this shining beacon of business mind and mantra in um, Paramount Pictures. Yeah, mm. early Hollywood. Early Hollywood. And he said it's different. You guys all think it is one way in Hollywood, but it's not. He brings up the story about how Gary put basically a basketball hoop on set so that when <laughs> the guys weren't shooting and they, they were, they were shooting ideas, they were shooting. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I knew you were slammed down. Basically, yeah. he wanted to provide them a, um, a sort of community on set where they felt like they could relax and they could really enjoy this uh, setting and, Get into their roles and become fa the family that they portrayed on. And it showed. That's a, such it, a good idea. It, it, well, we do that. I mean, that's why in your business, I'm sure you do this as well. You got to have those company outings. You got to go on trips together. I mean, you yeah. don't know people you work with until you go on a trip with them. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this one. But anyway, Prescott. no, I, I think that was brilliant, and that's part of the reason why I think he had such success is because very quickly, you know, as much time as they spent on set, and then. To know yeah, each other in that personal right. way as well, it transcends. I mean, it, it probably only makes the the show better. Totally. Right? Absolutely, yeah, totally. And Anson had this to say about Gary. Gary wanted to originally be a teacher mm -hmm. uh, before getting into the entertainment industry, but he found it more lucrative to go into the entertainment industry. So when he started at Paramount, his goal was to make it like a college. Okay. Um, Anson says in the interview, they paid us to go to the best film school ever. Like, that he was so inundated with knowledge when did he, he was at Paramount. Did he talk about what they were paid for that role? Uh, he did not get into specifics on money. So yeah. I think maybe Tim was either too he scared didn't, to ask, wasn't he? Either he didn't really know or um, it, it was not something he wanted to talk about. So, man, that Richie Cunningham, he took all the cash, I bet. I don't blame him. No. <laughs> there was so much dropped like in this interview, quotes that Anson took from Gary that I think will resonate a lot with uh you especially Angie. Um Why and I'm going to I'm going to go off cuz I I just think that you're so hard all the time. Are you like, just Who's hard? Me? I'm just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I am hard. No, you're you're just Jeez. like you're just That's like what happy days. Ten years of happy days did to me. I'm totally. Kidding. I, I'm I'm just playing, Lucas. Totally you, I I just when I heard these, I, I, feel I like thought you're profiling of, me. 
Well, I heard these. I thought of growing media, and I've, I thought of a lot of things that you've said on the spiel, and a lot of things that have been said in meetings, and um, how you feel about the industry. So, the first quote is, "Don't get in the way of yourself. Forget the ego, and wear a lot of hats." Ooh, mm. love that. And so, I was talking to Lucas before we started. I think that Gary was trying to teach these kids when they were kids in the seventies. You have to be flexible. You have to be ready for anything. Like this is your piece of the pie. You have the you have to take it, and so he was trying to teach them how to be entrepreneurs, not just how to be actors. Awesome, and I think we can learn through his sound bites that you're going to put in this podcast, um, or you've already put into this podcast. So that was a little editor note there. Yeah, um, we're at 13 minutes, so um, I think we should probably close on this one, right? So you have time for the sound bites, or do we need to do one more thing? I, it, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. I mean, we can. Well, it's going to go 30 if you use 15 minutes of his. That's, no, it'll that, just be the it'll fine. just be the quotes. Yeah, I can quotes. just put in the quotes. Yeah. Well, no, I want to hear from him too. Okay, let's put his picture up and stuff too. Some cool. of that. I I want to finish up with a couple more of these quotes totally. because yeah. I think Love they are that. they let's are places it. we should have our minds at. Um, you're in it, never be of it. It's what you do. It's not what you are. And mm. my perspective on Gary's quote is that he wants them to run the business of Hollywood, not just to be Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Because what made them unique. you see so many people that are just trying to be Hollywood mm-hmm. and they're missing the mark and they're, they're flailing and they're making jokes of themselves. Whereas Gary's idea was, you know, this is a business, run it like a business, be like professionals, um, learn from each other, grow, constantly grow and never forget who you are. Yeah. Don't just be Hollywood. Don't just become Hollywood once you get here. Always be yourself, but do Hollywood. Man, I got a crazy story. So um, working as an anchor reporter in Boston, the general manager was a Texan, right? Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, we're in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm from Alabama, right? So, And a young Alabamian at that. I was there in my 20s. And I wanted so badly to look and to sound like the seasoned anchors, Diane Sawyer and all of those others. And I would dig deep and I would look at the camera and try to be them and emulate them in some way. And I got a call up to Bob Gordon's office. That never happened before. And I walked in, he said, sit down. And I said, yes, sir. I think I was shaking, probably visibly nervous. And he said, um, if you don't stop trying to act like someone else, I'm going to fire your bleep. Oh, wow. Started with an A. <laughs> I respected that. I said, wait, are you giving me permission to be me? He said, I'm telling you to be you. Wow. Powerful. That's incredible. That changed the course of everything, I think, yeah. after that. I was fired, and then I went. No, I'm <laughs> you still do the voices. In the I did. Air I did day. not learn my lesson. <laughs> no, but I, I loved that. And and look, the same thing was said to a very successful cast and and crew. And it, it really makes you can be the best version of you, right? Rather than being second, third, fourth best of someone else that you're trying to emulate. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and you'll you'll never be that person. No, it's not possible. No. So yeah. I have one last one, and this one, I love it. On your famous platform, take your light and put it on someone else important that should be heard. Use it productively. Oh. 
That's we were talking about that. So that's literally the spiel. That is literally our is mantra. Yeah, that is what we do because no everybody needs what we do. Mm-hmm. You say that all the time. I we agree. take that light. We quite literally take our light yep. and put it on the people that need it. And that is me. The blood <laughs> and heart of this industry. And if we forget that that's what it's all about, we're gonna lose it. So as long as we keep that like here in our hearts. I don't know if you guys can see. That's, That's a great was, message uh, for any business, for any We person. know what we're doing yeah. and we're doing it right. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. And I hope you guys loved this podcast. We got a lot of them now. Are we like at 170? What is it? This will be episode 32. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was close. Was close <laughs> yeah. It's the best one, right? The best episode so far. So far. <laughs> yeah. So okay. far. Checking. I like your hat, by the way. Yeah. I wonder where yeah, I got spe- it. Speaking of wearing a lot of hats. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. feel like we heard much from you today, so I'm so glad we just heard that, right? <laughs> got any more uh, <laughs> jokes <laughs> you want to riff off of? <laughs> I feel attacked right now. <laughs> I, do your best um, Do your best Fonzie impression. I think that's where we need to close this out. Hey! Goodbye, Bye. everybody. <laughs> nice. Anson, it is such a pleasure to chat with you. I have grown up watching Happy Days as well as enjoying it throughout my childhood. And so many people around the world have enjoyed this show. So it's had a great impact on them, but I'd like to know what kind of impact has it had on your life? Well, wow. I mean, it's, it was, uh, was still is such a, a big part of my life, but it's not so much the acting. You know, not so much doing the show. It's what came out of the show. I don't, don't think people realize that lives were actually saved by Happy Days. Generations are here because of Happy Days. I'll get into that. And uh, it also brought light on a lot of issues uh, that uh, we helped considerably. And that was all because of Gary Marshall, our mentor, the creator of the show. Um, He told us early on that he always wanted to be a teacher. Uh, But he went into the entertainment business and uh, he, he made the Paramount Studios his college. And he inspired us. He, 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 right off the top, he said, don't get in the way of yourselves. Forget the ego. If you want to last in this business, you have to wear a lot of hats. So you have the opportunity here to, 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 to sit in on writing sessions, watch the, the most famous directors in the world direct. You can shadow them. Uh, if you want to know music, if you want to know editing, it's all here for you. Take the time productively. Use it as a college. This is, going to, this is what's going to help you survive in the business. Um, he also um, was inspirational in, actually, he, get, he, he said a line to us, um, you're in it, you're in it, and I'm in it, and you know, Gary, he said, and you want to do great, and you're on fire, you're in it, never be of it, it's what you do, it's not who you are. He said, on your famous platform, he said, take your light and put it on someone else important that should be heard. They can help considerably, you know, in their world. Use it productively. You know, it's not really for you. It's for others. And this is the way we, we were, uh, you know, inspired for over a decade. Um, and just to show you, you know, just how effective that, that inspiration was and still is, um, people hear the word Hollywood and they go, oh, Hollywood. They don't even know what it means. They're thinking Louis B. Mayer and Clark Gable. I don't know. Hollywood now it's Van Nuys, Sherman Oaks, wherever there's a warehouse. But, but 
for for like like at the beginning, Ron Howard and I, Henry Winkler, Don Most, Hollywood meant having the opportunity to produce films, produce television shows that bring attention to important issues, and maybe even help save lives. So right, right from the beginning, you know, I created a film called Skyward, and it was the first film that um, starred a paraplegic actress. And the only way we got that approval was to convince Betty Davis to be the star. That's was, a big get. That's was, a big get. That was like asking for the Pope, you know? I won't go through the whole story, but we got it. I'm 29 years old, Ron's 25. She comes to the set in Dallas. Her first words are, you're babies. You're just babies. Anyway, the film dealt with uh, um, a, young, a young girl in, in a wheelchair and everybody looking down on her, always having to look up, you know? Oh, n never letting her look down, you know? And her whole world became everything skyward, everything free flying in the sky. And what if she could learn to fly? What if she could look down for the first time and people have to look up at her? The judgment stops. So this was the basis of Skyward. We produced the film and uh, it happened to be the year of the disabled, uh, Disability Act. And uh, we got a call that they wanted to screen the film at the Kennedy Center. So we, uh, <clears throat> we go to the Kennedy Center, all of Congress is there, you know, everybody but the President of the United States was there. And a few days from the screening was gonna be the vote, the Disability Act, which is why you see access for the disabled all over the country. Ramps, this, all this came from that, this vote. And Skyward was a big part of that happening. So that's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. another, another time, um, uh, I first film I directed, Ron and I produced, I co-wrote co the story, was a little, little movie called No Greater Gift. And it was a lovely little film, but about organ donorship in a dramatic, entertaining, emotional way. We doubled donor cards in the United States. See, th that's, that's, that's why Happy Days was much, much more than just a television show. You oh, know, absolutely. It, it, expanded its, it expanded itself into very important issues and, and, and can do, we completed things. Um, so, and then I, people ask me, what's your greatest memories on Happy Days? The greatest memories on the set? It's not on the set. Um, I mean, that was fun and everything, but Gary Marshall, uh, who is an, a sports nut, thought, you know, we need to, he needed to put together softball, all ex-athletes, because he said, you're always gonna have the back of your teammate. And it's going to, we'll be more than actors, we're gonna be friends. So we put together a softball team, serious softball team. Mm -hmm. And we started, we started playing pregames, charity games in every major league park, Yankee Stadium, Dodger Stadium, Beerus Stadium, you name it, uh, Wrigley Field. And here we are with, with the playing softball. I mean, and, and we would play either the football team or the that of that city or celebrities of that, whatever. And we very rarely lost, but man, it became a bit, those are the, I mean, those are the moments that are unforgettable as a team, what we experienced. We even, um, we did a USO tour. We went all over Germany. And then we went to um, Okinawa and uh, right by the China Sea, we played the Marines, the army, the Navy, uh, the Air Force, and we beat them all. In fact, the Marines were so upset, they, they wanted another game and brought in ringers from Tokyo. We beat, we beat them worse. Um, and, um, and one time, I mean, we're in Germany uh, playing the 3rd Infantry Division, and we're in the city of Würzburg, 
And um, there's this old castle there. They turned into a restaurant, right? And Ron Howard's there, and Donnie's there, and I'm there. Henry's there. And uh, at the table, you know, usually there's water dispensers, mm-hmm. wine dispensers. It's like you put, you go, whoop, fill it up. Whoop, fill it up. We didn't even realize, you know, we're drinking like, all of a sudden, we're not feeling too bad. And we go out on, one, on a thousand-year-old balcony overlooking the Rhine River and the city of, of Würzburg and saying splish splash as loud as we could. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And who can forget those memories? Those are the memories, you know, and it's, and it's true. We became tight friends to this day. Decades later, we're all very, very good friends. In fact, tonight I'm going to um, the Catalina club in Hollywood jazz club, real famous club. And my best friend, Don Mose is headlining. So we're all going down there tonight, you know, have some dinner and watch my buddy perform. Well, what I realized from what you're telling me now is, yeah, it was more than just a tight set. And you say, friends, I, I get the impression that Gary Marshall and all of you combined created a family, if you will. 100% a family. And, that, and, that, and I learned from Gary leadership because he had a very strong hand, but you didn't feel it. He made everyone feel a collaborative. And, and by the way, you want to, all of us invested in the show. All of us brought really cool ideas to the show that Gary incorporated. He did that all. So we felt part of it. We didn't feel like just actors. We felt part of the creative process. You know, he made, so we're, we, I mean, it was, it was quiet strength from him, but, but he kept moving us forward, forward, forward. And we all, we moved and we kept completing things, doing, but we did it with respect and collaboration. And, uh, and he knew how to push the buttons right to get the best out of us and, and the best for him. So, um, yeah, Gary's leadership was just instrumental in my life and how to handle things. How to, I mean, I went into directing and I've directed hundreds of shows and talking about a challenge, you get on, on a set, there's a hundred people, there's 82 different departments. No one likes each other. You know, they're all, they're all, you know, and you're there and, and the actor doesn't come out of a trailer and, and you're there. You got to get it done or you're fired. You know, and it's all this and budget, but but he gave me great skills, great skills on how to calm things down, how to collaborate, how to get them to want to work together. I always use the word together. I never said me ever together because that is a director. It's not about, you know, there's a lot of reasons the film's made. You're just part of it. You you say action and cut, but there's a lot in between, man. And you, you, and you get, you need the respect and you need to give the respect back. And you need to just to have that it factor of, of can do, you know, people that want to work together with you. And that was Gary. Well, I realize now, because I've heard other interviews uh, with actors from many of his other shows, and they have the same passion about uh, talking about having worked with him in this fashion. He clearly made an impact on you and so many others. And in fact, influenced your professional life, as you've illustrated here. Oh, yeah. I mean... He's the one that inspired me um, to get behind the camera. And uh, I didn't know if I started, I started by writing and producing. I didn't know if I wanted to direct, but I, I had the opportunity, my God, to shadow Polanski doing Chinatown. Back to, to shadow Schlesinger directing Day of the Locust, to shadow, you know, all the musical numbers of Greek. I mean, every day there was a master at work that I could ask questions. I was a pain in the ass, really, because I'd sit there, you know, I'd be next to, next to him asking questions, 
Mm-hmm. You know, get this out of here. But I look, that was my film school. I go, I didn't need to go to UCLA or SC, man. I was with, I was with the guy or the girl, you know, I, I'm firsthand, man. What's that lens? What are you doing? Why do I mean, you know, and, 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 and to editing rooms, I mean, I have, he, he, he allowed, he got us full access to that studio with everybody. Robert Evans talked to Robert Evans. I mean, it's, I mean, you want to talk about schooling, you want to talk about a professional, uh, um, ex, you know, college experience. There it is, you know, Gary Marshall and Ron Howard. Ron, Ron, there's another one. He was already a star. When we started, but his work ethic was off the charts. No ego. He's never changed. He's mm-hmm. always been even keel and, 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 and the show first. A real giver, not a taker. And a genius. Um, but he, uh, he was a big inspiration, too, just because we followed him. He was the one that was, everyone knew. I mean, you know, yeah. he was a Andy Griffith and all these, starred in The Music Man, starred in American Graffiti. I mean, I mean, he was a big shot. And, uh, but to us, he always, he was just equal. He made us equal. And he was a big inspiration too, um, in terms of how to handle yourself and how to get things done. That's a great, great story. Thank you for sharing all of that. Because, yeah. you know, we, we know about the shows themselves. We only know as viewers what we see on the screen, but the, the impact, not just getting paid to do something that you love, but that you're learning something along the way and getting this, this mini history of Hollywood here, if you will, that yeah. you just gave. Yeah, well, we, you know, we actually got, we actually, they paid us to go to the greatest film school in the world. Mm-hmm. Actually, the greatest human nature school. I mean, we learned, and, and you know, and who came... I mean, John Lennon spent a day on the set with us. Wow. Um, what was that like, though? It was, it was mind-blowing. It was, a, a, it was the first year of the show.